the first Sunday after Christmas is always fun because you have people in new clothing. You have new clothes everywhere. Maybe you even have a new Bible that you're sporting today on Sunday morning after Christmas that you got from a, a special loved one and they wrote you a sweet note in the front. I did that for Allison when we were dating. I uh, wrote a sweet little note in the front. I'd like to read it now and see what it says. I probably wasn't near as sweet as I thought I was. Uh, but it's it's great to be here with you. I'm excited to be back in Winchester. Um, we really missed you last week. Uh, me and Allison talked about it. Uh, we miss being here when we're not here. Uh, not, not just being in this building or uh, being in this city, but we miss being with you, and we miss you, and uh, we really missed you a lot, and we talked about it on Sunday after we left uh, the congregation we were worshiping at. We said, man, we miss our family in Winchester, and it's just special being here, and we're glad to be back, and I hope you had an awesome holiday uh, last week, uh, Christmas Day, spending with your family. Allison and I kind of had an odd Christmas uh, as we start out on Christmas morning at her granny's house in, uh, in Crossville, Tennessee, and then after a few hours of eating breakfast, and you know, we leave smelling like granny. Y'all know what I mean. And granny's out there, it's not a bad thing, that's a good thing. It's like the smell of bacon and gravy and I don't know what else, but it's just all those smells like on my clothes the rest of the day. And that's what Christmas smells like. And so we leave Crossville, and we make the four-hour drive down to Birmingham. And uh, this this year was a little bit odd for us, because at 10 o'clock on Christmas morning, my dad gave me a call to let me know that my grandmother had passed away. And that's just not the kind of news that you want to receive any day of the year much less on a day like Christmas, where you're already reflecting on memories and thinking about your family. And so, Christmas was a little bit different for us, and we decided to, instead of going straight to Birmingham, which is only about three and a half hours, we decided to make the detour through Winchester, which only added about 30 minutes of of my driving, uh, going to my sister's house where we spend uh, supper time with my family. Now, any other day of the year, uh, this type of news would have been, to me, even more difficult because we're all separated and we're all in different parts of the state uh, or different states. But because we found this out on Christmas Day, we already had plans to be together. We already had plans to reflect on former memories that we had And so in some ways, it was as good a day as ever. And so we made this detour through Winchester, and this may be a surprise for you, but but since our our wedding day, we've never spent one second of Christmas Day at our own house. And so it was kind of a weird blessing that we spent about 30 minutes at our house in Winchester. Uh, We ran in, I took a quick shower and kind of got that granny smell off of me. (laughs) no that wasn't the intent but that's what happened so I ran in took a quick shower we kind of gathered all our things together uh, and the whole purpose of going by the house on Christmas day was so that we could get 
um, get my suit in case I needed it uh, for my mama's funeral. And so we we started heading out, and we get out to the car, and of course I realized I forgot something. And so I ran back in, grabbed that, uh, and, and it's complicated trying to leave the house because you want to make sure the heat's on what it's supposed to be, make sure the door's locked, make sure you got all your stuff, get out to the car. And then I realized I forgot my brother-in-law's gift. And, you know, I don't know what Christmas would have been like for him without that gift. But to me, it would have ruined it. So we had to run back in, unlock all the doors, get in the house. And so we finally had everything. We start heading down the road. And we get about 10 minutes down the road. And guess what I left at the house? My suit. <laughs> so we had to turn around, take the 10-minute drive back to the house, and, uh, and grab the suit. And, you know, it's just frustrating when you can't, quite remember everything I just felt like I was forgetting everything and it's even more frustrating when it's like the one thing that you need that you're forgetting and unfortunately I feel like this is exactly what we as Christians are doing with the Holy Spirit we've completely forgotten him we've left him out and a lot of times we we don't even think about the Holy Spirit in our daily lives The Holy Spirit is largely a forgotten piece of the Godhead. Yet His power is so important to the lives of Christians. I want you to look at His role in creation. We're going to go to Genesis chapter 1, verse 1. We're going to look at some of the Spirit's roles that that He plays in our lives and in the the history of God's Word. In Genesis chapter 1, verse 1, says in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth the earth was without form and void and darkness was over the face of the deep and the spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters the holy spirit of God was there in the darkness just waiting to bring life and light to the creation that was coming just waiting to bring life and light into this world. And we don't know the exact role that he played in that moment, but we know that he played a very important role in bringing life and light into our world. From the very beginning of Scripture, it seems like almost every mention of the Holy Spirit involves some sort of creativity, some sort of creation. The Holy Spirit is often seen creating and enjoying putting life into things. The Spirit continues to create in the life of our Savior, Jesus Christ. At His baptism, we find the Holy Spirit playing an important role. If you look in Scripture, in Luke chapter 3, John the Baptist was preparing the way for Jesus. That was his role. He was preparing the way, and his task was to get people ready to receive the Savior of our world. And in Luke chapter 3, verse 15, it tells us that people began to question whether or not John was the Christ. They're expecting the Savior, and he is going about baptizing a baptism of repentance. And they begin to even question whether or not this man was the Christ. And I want you to see how he responds about what makes Jesus different 
than he. In the same chapter there, in verse 16, he says, I baptize you with water, but he who is mightier than I is coming. The strap of whose sandals I am not worthy to untie, he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. And Jesus comes to John and is baptized, and something incredible happens in verses 21 through 23. It says, Now when all the people were baptized, and when Jesus also had been baptized and was praying, the heavens were opened, and the Holy Spirit descended on him in bodily form like a dove. And a voice came from heaven, You are my beloved Son, with you I am well pleased. Now, I want to stop here and remind you that chapter divisions and chapter verses were set by humans. This was not intended to be the end. Some of your Bibles probably have a topic division right there. But I want you to to ignore that and look at what happens as soon as the Holy Spirit descended on him as a dove. It says, Jesus, when he began his ministry, was about 30 years of age. Only four years older than me. The Holy Spirit played a part in creating the ministry of Jesus Christ. He played a very important part in helping Jesus minister to people. And from this point forward, we see Jesus minister to His people. We see Jesus healing. We see Him immediately go into the wilderness where he is tempted, but with the power of the Holy Spirit, he's able to withstand that temptation. We see Jesus go and perform miracles. We see him teach a powerful gospel of his impending death, burial, and resurrection. And we see him change the lives of Christians. We see him create disciples. All the while, the Holy Spirit continues to bring life to the people that Jesus comes in contact with. And then in John chapter 14, when he's talking, when Jesus is is speaking to the people, he says in verse 15 through 17, if you love me, you will keep my commandments and I will ask the father and he will give you another helper. To be with you forever, even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him, you know him. For he dwells with you and will be in you. Imagine this man who the the apostles have spent all their time with saying, look, I'm going to leave you. But but when I leave you, I'm going to ask God to send you another helper. You have to imagine them thinking, well, that's just not good enough because that's not you. But Jesus in chapter 16 of John takes it even a step further when he speaks of the Holy Spirit. Look what he says. Jesus says something completely out there for these apostles in in chapter 16. He says, nevertheless, I tell you the truth. Not only am I going to send something else, but it is to your advantage that I go away. It's to your advantage that I leave, for if I do not go away, the Helper will not come to you. But if I go away... I will send him to you. Imagine the anticipation these apostles must have been feeling. Because Jesus is building up great anticipation for this coming Holy Spirit to them. 
And imagine the anticipation as they watch Jesus nailed to the cross. As they watch Him take His last breath. And as they witness His resurrection. As they witness the power of His resurrection, imagine the anticipation they must have felt saying, we are going to receive the same Holy Spirit that just raised our Savior from the dead. Imagine the anticipation he must have felt. Have you ever felt great anticipation about something? Maybe it was Christmas morning. You had great anticipation about the gifts that were under that tree. What, what's under those? What's under that wrapping? What's in there? Maybe that created great anticipation. Where something that you've prepared for for a long time maybe is finally coming a reality. Terry Neese and his wife Linda, they were huge fans of the show The Price is Right. Maybe some of you watched that. I know I've spent time watching that in my life. And they had the opportunity to attend a taping with the hopes of being one of the lucky few whose names were called to go down into Contestants Row. You know, Contestants Row is that place in front of the, the microphones where you would where there's a little screen right there where you'll bid on an item. Well, they had an intense plan in place. They weren't going to go to the prices right with just hope that they would be lucky and see something that they knew the price of. They had an intense plan in place. And what they noticed is that many of the products seemed to rotate. And they noticed that they used a lot of the same products, same brands, and contestants were often tasked with guessing the price. And typically these products were the same price every time they came back up. So Terry and his wife Linda, now this is pretty incredible, they watched every single episode of The Price is Right that had aired to this point. Every single episode. And leading up to this moment, once they were in the studio, their entire plan hinged on one of the show's producers pulling their name at random to be part of contestants row where they would go forward and have the chance to use all that knowledge they had built up. But there was that slim chance that their name wouldn't even be pulled. Well, Terry's name was pulled. And you can imagine the anticipation he had knowing that he was about to have the opportunity to put everything he had planned for on the line. Everything he had prepared for was coming to fruition because he was becoming a contestant on Contestants Row. And while, while Terry was there, they showed one of those big green egg smokers. And that's what he was to bid on. So his bid was $1,775 which was a perfect bid on the big green egg. And Terry, you know, this was pretty rare to get a perfect bid. And the perfect bid put him straight into the showcase showdown later on where he would have the opportunity to earn an even bigger prize. And so Terry goes forward to the showcase showdown. And you can imagine his anticipation as he had prepared and prepared for this moment. And his wife in the audience just hoping that there would be some sort of package that they had studied. 
And so Terry goes forward, and, and the thing about these packages in the showcase is that there's so many different types of packages, and you never know what they're going to throw in, that it's really kind of up to luck as to what your bid will be. But he got his package, and there was really no way for him to memorize exactly what his package was going to be. And so Terry's bid, as you can see up here, was 23743 now, that could have been a completely random number, and in some ways it was for Terry. So the 23,000 comes from his idea, of his, from his studying. Most of the packages hovered around $24,000. And so he didn't want to overbid, so he settled at 23,000. And then the other numbers come from a combination of different things. One was his anniversary, which was the 7th of April, or 7-4, and then the last number from his wife's birth month, month, which was March, making the number 23,743. Not only did Terry get close, but he got the bid exactly correct. He hit it right on the nose. 23,000. 743. Now, I know a lot of you probably don't believe me that this is a true story, but you go and look it up. You can watch it on YouTube. The whole thing is there. And what's pretty cool is you watch is because it was Drew Carey was the host already. And you can see as he just really doesn't want to accept what just happened. He thinks the guy cheated. He thinks something bad happened. And after the show, they even do some investigating into what happened and how he got this exactly right. But you can imagine the anticipation that Terry had as his preparation became a reality. As his preparation became something that was real. The apostles experienced this same type of anticipation. As Jesus had been talking and talking and talking about the Holy Spirit. And it was a finally time for the Holy Spirit to come. When Jesus left, it was time for the Holy Spirit, this other helper, to come. And I imagine they may have felt like Terry did when he realized that when he hit the price on the nose, because he was less than $250 of the actual price, he actually won both showcases. And so he racked up on all kinds of money and, and prizes. And I imagine the apostles felt this same way when they were preparing to receive this helper that Jesus promised would be even better than he is. And they watched as this helper began to work. As Peter, who denied Christ just before his crucifixion, stood before over 3,000 people and convicted them to be baptized into Christ. Or as they saw Stephen speak with such boldness through the Holy Spirit, as he became the first Christian to be murdered for his faith. Or maybe they watched as a man named Saul received the Holy Spirit, who spent his life murdering Christians, transformed himself into a Christian, who allowed the Holy Spirit of God to use him to create a countless number of disciples. Each of these men were eventually murdered because of their faith. Because of the boldness that was created 
through the power of the Holy Spirit. Now this same Holy Spirit has been promised to all who pursue a life in relationship with Jesus Christ and are baptized in His death. God has promised the gift of the Holy Spirit to fill your life. And unfortunately, many are afraid to recognize His work in their life and are doing what Paul wrote about in Ephesians when he said, Do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Many are baptized believers. Many in this room are baptized believers who have received the gift of the Holy Spirit and are not allowing the Spirit of God to work in your life and are grieving the Holy Spirit of God. And I'm challenging you this morning that in 2018, you make a conscious decision. That you make a decision that 2018 is going to be different. That you are going to allow the Holy Spirit of God to become visible in your life and allow the Holy Spirit to do just as He was doing in Genesis 1, to create in your life. To create something new. To create more disciples. Now you may be asking, well, what does that look like today? To have the Holy Spirit of God visible and active in your life. To look at Genesis chapter, I mean Galatians chapter 2, chapter 5. Galatians chapter 5, verses 22 through 24. But the, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law, and those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. No matter what your life looks like today, the Holy Spirit can create something very special in your life. No matter how dark of a place you are in, the Holy Spirit can create something very special in your life, starting this very moment. Love in a way that is unquestionably a work of the Holy Spirit. Have unshakable joy even in your darkest moments. Experience a peace that can only be experienced through the Holy Spirit. Develop patience to deal with the problems that we face living in a sinful world. Show kindness to all of God's creatures. Every single one of them. Be characterized by goodness. Doing good deeds for the people you come into contact with on a daily basis. Grow your faith to new heights. Be gentle. And gain self-control. In spite of the constant desire to allow yourself to lose it. Allow the Spirit of God to create those things in your life. Allow the Holy Spirit of God to create something new in you. And if you have yet to take on Christ in baptism, and you have yet to accept the gift of the Holy Spirit, why not start this new year off 
by receiving the gift of the Holy Spirit and to allow His power to create new life in you. What will the Holy Spirit create in you in 2018? Come forward as we stand and sing.